They say dogs are man's best friend. And like your human best friend, I'm pretty sure you would not want them going out the street looking crazy. Now you can definitely do that for your pet with Ingrid's Pet Grooming Services. She is known for being very attentive to dogs' needs and makes style recommendation based on the breed and lifestyle of each dog. She is hands-on, providing individual attention to make sure each pup has the best experience possible. For more information, call 917-692-0208. That's 917-692-0208. Ingrid's Pet Grooming Services. What do I love about what I do? It's about the people that I am honored to serve. Mm -hmm. And And I think... You have to see ministry as service. Right. Uh, it's not people serving you. It's <laughs> you serving people. Welcome to another episode of Ministry Decoded Podcast, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of being in ministry. I am your host, Jodine Gordon. Hey, everyone, I'm back. Thank you so much for, you know, rocking with me through this break and checking in on me. <laughs> yes, it was long. It was lengthy, but I did learn um throughout this little hiatus that rest is essential. Listen, I know that, you know, New York City, everything is fast paced and we feel like we have to go, go, go all the time. But, you know, we need to be taking time out of our busy schedules to make sure that we are resting, we are replenishing, you know, we are being rejuvenated, um, because your body will start to shut down (laughs) if you don't do these things. So I'm just grateful for, you know, taking a moment to sit down and rest. And now I am back and I'm ready to be loud and in your ear. Okay. On today's episode, I am joined by Pastor Dario Lariosa. He is the youth director at Christian Cultural Center um, here in Brooklyn, New York. I am just so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Yes, first episode back from break. You know, it's going to be good. We are also joined by a few members of his youth department who, you know, so well-spoken. These young women blew me away um, and gave their input on certain topics. And so you'll hear all of that later. Um, So without any further ado, let's get into it. Hi, my name is uh, officially Minister Dario Lariosa. And I am uh, the youth director here at Christian Cultural Center. Our youth ministry is called C3 University. Mm. And I also am the director of the missions department, too. So just I have fun. Yes. Too much (laughs) going on. But it's incredible responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm honored to do both. I love both. Right. Uh, And man, what else? I am 47 years old. Wow. So we are getting <laughs> <laughs> a full rundown of who Pasolario says. Am I saying that right, by the way? Well, you know, they, normally, like, it's funny. Like, I usually call Pastor, like, Dr. Bernard is pastor and Pastor mm-hmm. Jamal is pastor. And normally, 
we are ministers here at Christian okay. Culture Center. All right. But it's funny, lately people have been calling me Pastor Dario. Come just on, because, speaking it. You know, just being upstairs and working <laughs> with young people. Right. Like, yo, Pastor Dario. And I kind of like, well, Minister Dario. But then a lot of times, like for me personally, I'm just like, oh, you call me Dario. Right. But then people really don't like that. I'm I like, know. Well, I kind of like that better. I think people, <laughs> people always feel like they need to distinguish somewhat of a, you know, a higher up. So I'll just call yeah. you Pastor because I know there's authority there, you know, but. Yeah. So uh, we can jump right into it. Uh, Like I said before, first, we just want to get a feel of what got you interested in Christianity. So being, um, you know, Minister Dario now at Christian Culture Center, did you grow up in a home that was religious or were your parents sort of half religious, half not? What was it like for you? Well, I, I grew up actually with no parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with my grandfather. Oh, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom my mom and dad got married very early age. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is half black, half Native American, and half mm-hmm. German. And well, she's a whole lot of stuff. Wow. And then my dad is Filipino and Hawaiian. And so they okay. actually met in Hawaii. That's and a I was crazy born in mixture. Hawaii. Wow. It is, yeah. Yeah. You should look at my family tree. You see all these shades. <laughs> and it's just like, whoa, right. what, how did this happen right here? <laughs> Yeah. And so just, you know, I was born in Hawaii, but then at a young age, my parents got divorced and uh, my mom came back home to New York. Uh, But then my mom at one point suffered from an incredible mental illness, uh, schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And uh, for so majority of my childhood, all the way up until even when I graduated college, uh, my mom had a severe mental illness. Right. And it was my grandfather who raised me. Mm -hmm. And, And at times, I'll be very honest with you, my mom was never at home. Right. Uh, she was in and out of hospitals and, and you know, some would say a, tra- a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, I think that's where, you know, you know, my grandfather at one point, I forget how old I was, he said, he said, you know, we're going to this church. I was like, what, what church are we going to start going to? So we started going to this AME Zion church, like this African-American AME Zion church. Okay. I was like, for real? <laughs> and so we start walking up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, they shout and they doing their whole thing and they, they – and I was scared at first. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be here. I don't right. Know if I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> and so, but my grandfather, you know, kind of digged it. You know, he knew that at one point we needed to come back because you know, he was attending church. But at one point he just left. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, maybe God gave him this epiphany and was like, yo, we need to start going back. So we right. just started going back to church. And then I kind of wasn't feeling it. But. The Salvation Army in my neighborhood started doing, you know, basketball programs. Right. And so I was into basketball, but unbeknownst to me, I, w- I didn't know that the Salvation Army was a church Ooh, or okay. was a denomination. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting, yeah, I was getting swindled. <laughs> I, was, uh, I got to go to church it. on Sunday to play basketball. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? But I was with it. <laughs> but then, <laughs> right. The, the, uh, they were really cool individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still know them to this date. Nice. Uh, and so. My exposure to church was, you know, through my grandfather at one point going to, the, you know, the Amy Zion Church, uh, the Salvation Army. And then, if I'm honest, I, I, I didn't come to Christ until mm-hmm. my my junior year of college. Right. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, I went to Naya College, which is a Christian school. Yeah, I've heard of that. But I wasn't a Christian going into college. <laughs> Did you know it was a Christian school going in? Well, I kind of sort. Well, so like so at nineteen, I you know I, when I I graduated high school in nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. The day after I graduated in high school, I was getting into some trouble as a kid, and uh, my grandfather says, "Yo, you got to do something different 
Dario. And so the Savi Sharmi couple in my neighborhood said, well, come live with us for a year. Mm-hmm. And I lived with them for a year. Right. They took me in and they showed me a completely different side of family. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they had a you know, healthy marriage, kids. Mm-hmm. It was just me and my grandfather, my uncles at times. Right. And you know, for us sitting at dinner, I was sitting in the kitchen on top of the tables <laughs> and they would just eat in and just being right. silent. And so the, for the first time, you know, they they showed me what family was, eating at a table and That's, conversing and talking yeah. about Jesus. And I was just kind of like it, it was weird. And then at one point, uh, Major Dunnigan is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, well, Dario, I think you need to go to school. I said, really? <laughs> and then I don't know how he did it. He got me into NIAC. Oh, wow. I started filling out some papers. Just fill this out. Sign your name here, Dario. <laughs> and then he got me into school. Nice. And then I knew it was a Christian school, but I didn't know how deep they got into yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> your face right now. No, they, it, got, it, they got spiritual on yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it got real, like, real quick. Right. You know, just, you know, praise and worship and the whole nine oh, yeah, and praying. I was kind of like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> and I knew, but I didn't know. But to be completely immersed in that and then being right. challenged, uh, just, you know, who I was as just mm-hmm. a human being and that I was in need of a, of a savior. Nice. And you yeah, know, it, it it got me upset at times. Like, I was really mad, and I was really because like I don't I don't want to shout out Nyack, but at one mm-hmm. point Nyack wasn't as diverse as it was right. as it is now. Mm-hmm. And so my class, I think, was the very first major class of people of color, people from the city. Oh, wow! Yeah. So we went up to that school, and 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 if I'm honest, I didn't add on to the conversation either, <laughs> but. I don't think they were ready yet for people of color. Probably not. Yeah. And it was tough. Yeah. And at one point I got cynical because of the things that were happening. And Mm -hmm. and I'll say this, like at one point, one of the, the white students wrote in the college paper that it was the, the kids of color who were bringing down the quality of the school. Wow. Wow. And if I'm honest with you, I, I got more angry mm-hmm. and I got very cynical. Was this anger towards God and or well, just anger with I, the world overall? I think it was like, so if this is what Christianity is really about. Right. You know what? Because it slips my mind. This is a college. <laughs> yeah. This is a Christian college. If this is what it's about. Wow. And me coming in with my very limited knowledge, mm-hmm. but knowing that God, there is a God. Wow. But if this is what yeah. Christianity is about. Ugh. And you're treating us this way. Yikes. And I, I, and I was like, I don't think I want anything to to do with this yeah yeah that and, definitely will turn people away and it was mm-hmm. a struggle at one point but then it was crazy in the year of 1992 mm-hmm. somebody gave me a cassette tape <laughs> throwback yeah, cassette tape <laughs> right of dr a.r bernard and I, I put that junk in and i was listening to it and he was talking about it you know he i remember one of the very first principles i heard from pastor mm-hmm. is that when she, when change is necessary, not to change becomes destructive. Oh and he kind of dropped that. And then he just talked about, wow. you know, the seven traits of a childish person. You know, when I was a child, I thought, I understood, mm-hmm. and I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, I put right. away childish things. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about those seven traits of a childish person. And I said, yo, let me go. Now I was only up in Rockland. So I asked where the church was at, and we were at a, the old location, 1400 mm-hmm. Linden Boulevard. And so I took a three-hour trip early in the morning Sunday, wow. and, I went, and I got to the third service, and it was kind of a wrap right there. 
because he was talking about cynicism in the whole nine. And he kind of, I don't know if he was being prophetic, maybe to me. Right. But he was like, stop being cynical. Wow. So hold on a minute. Did this happen in the midst of you being in college that you came across his tape or this yeah, was Somebody after? gave it to me. One of my friends gave it to what me. And he was just like, yo, Dario, you just need to listen to this. I was like, for real? And I, I, I struggled. I was like, I don't right. want to listen to this. I want, you know, this is what Christianity is about. And I, and I even got mad at the white couple who brought me to the school. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was upset with them. You know, right. I trusted y'all. Y'all put me in a place <laughs> like this. Now you put me here <laughs> fighting for my life. I was like, what, what's going on here? Oh, man. But that tape, that tape kind of just pushed me a little forward. And then I came to 1400, got on this crazy long line. Mm-hmm. That back then there were lines going around the corner just to get into the old building. Goodness! And at yeah. first I was struggling. I was like, man, I don't want to stand no line. But I was like, yo, I just came three hours to get here. Right? So, you already did half the work, literally. <laughs> and I came in, and I, I, I pastor talked about being cynical, and I knew that was me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, that's the day I accepted Christ as my savior. I ran up to wow. the altar, and just like, yo, if this is you. All right, here I am. <laughs> this is a crazy story because I didn't know that going in that that's how you got introduced to CCC. For me, I thought, you know, you probably went to seminary and then afterwards did some residency here and then you eventually got dropped into this church. But for you, everything kind of started here. Yeah, every Well, it's, it start, I, I, was, I, was, I would say it started with the Salvation Army. Right, right. It, it, it started with them because mm-hmm. they showed me so much love growing nice. up. Nice, that's good. Even when I, you know, the, the, my, my bad behind self <laughs> and my struggling self and the way they loved me, the way like this white right. couple from, they were from Ohio and I they know. were in in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. with, you know, serving the Soviet and they loved on us. Right. Like we were their that's own good. kids. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that. You know, I think my grandfather at one point, because he grew up in the, in the civil rights movement, racism. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. He was just like, yo, just be mindful of white folks. Always got to have say, that third eye open. He was just like, be mindful. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. Like, right. He himself married a white woman. Wow. But I never knew my grandma. Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy. I never knew my grandma because oh. she died at a very early age. Right. And so the struggles that he had growing up is just so crazy. But he just said, yo, Daryl, just be mindful of white be folk. Mindful. Especially when he started seeing me hanging out with the Salvation Army people. But he understood that, you know, this was getting me out of trouble. This was getting me out of trouble. So So what I want to kind of go back to is you are here in Brooklyn. You got saved at the old location. Did you just like decide, yeah, I like the teaching. I'm going to stay. Or did your life kind of take a different path after that? Well, we. it's funny. Like at at that time, me and my wife were uh, dating Mm -hmm. and I knew I needed something solid. Right. As far as to help me grow as a believer. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I confessed to the Dunnigans, like, yo, this is what happened to me at this church. And it wasn't like they said you need to come back to the Salvation Army. Right. They were full open. Like, that's where God met you, and that's where you, where you feel you need to be fed. He's, he's like, go for it, Dario. Nice. And so I kept on. I, we would come every Sunday from that point on. Mm-hmm. We, we took that three-hour trip. And my wife, you know, my wife, you know, my my, who I was dating, my girlfriend, who's my <laughs> wife now, 
Right. We took the trip every single Sunday down, three hours there three and three hours back. Hours. That's it, dedication. It was crazy, but yeah. you know, there was a hunger that kind of started a hunger. to develop. Yes. Right? Yes. That when that hunger comes, you know, comes on in your life, it's like wherever the word of God is, I feel like I need to be there. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. this constant need to be filled, to be filled. So I completely yeah. understand yeah. you um, making that sacrifice and taking that trip down yeah. uh, because in your mind, all you want to know is more about God. Yeah. 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 And it was, I have to also say, you know, I have to shout out my wife, too. You know, mm-hmm. she was very patient with me, but she saw we were just dating at the time. So I was like, you could have left me at any moment. <laughs> but she stayed with my crazy behind. And, <laughs> right. And egged me on even when I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. She was like, yo, Daryl, let's go and just get fed by pasta. Like, yeah. Wow. All right, cool. And, I, we, and it was just this consistent nice. encouragement, even from others who I was growing with at college. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. For some reason, I don't know why I was thinking that, you know, CCC came way after. So while you were here and you were being fed and obviously coming to church, when did it kind of shift for you or did it ever shift for you where you felt like, I want to be involved in this ministry, I want to help out, I want to do something? Oh, I, th- I think how it started, it actually started that same summer I got saved. Mm-hmm. With the Salvation Army, I used to work at a camp called Star Lake out right. in Jersey. And I was just working there in the kitchen as a kid. And then for some reason, the Salvation Army, the camp director said, you need to start being a counselor. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't work no crazy kids. <laughs> Man, I want to go to bed at night. You know, they keep you up at night. Right. But then, you know, something just kind of stirred in me. It was like, yo, start working with the kids. So it was right. that summer of 92, I started working with kids. And then my heart just shifted wow. towards seeing, you know, just mm-hmm. working with kids. And it was this this one this one night I don't remember the kid's name, but I I was advised that he had some very he was going through some very traumatic things, mm-hmm. and so at it was at it was dead at night I would say maybe twelve one o'clock at night and it was almost like clockwork he woke up and he started hitting his head, wow and then he would he would whisper you know mom dad stop hurting me stop hitting. and that destroyed me I was yeah. like. And then it was crazy because I had to get, you know, other camp directors in with me because we had to observe this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they were thinking, but for me, my heart just started breaking. Yeah. And I think that's where the seeds were planted. I th- you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I think youth ministry is something you need to start considering. Right. And so it started with the Salvation Army. And I, had, I actually worked for the Salvation Army as a camp director for maybe almost seven years, wow. I was with the Salvation That's Army. Time, yeah, and then I became a community center director with the Salvation Army right here in Brownsville for mm-hmm. two years, and then I was recruited for another eight years through a ministry called Young Life. And uh, Young Life is this that. huge ministry. You know, like yeah. Janelle was a part of that. Right. Warner's wife. I'm like I feel like I've heard that title before. So I was I was with Young <laughs> Life for a long time. Right. Uh, doing youth ministry, mm-hmm. but still attending church. Uh, still attending Christian Culture Center. Mm-hmm. I didn't start as a minister here. <laughs> I started in MOH. I was um, what is MOH's MOH? Ministry of Helps. Okay. I was an usher, <laughs> and I was uh, and I was content as being in the front lobby and just greeting just people. Greeting people, and that's all I did. That's important, okay? Because the wrong greeting will turn me back. <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy because like my first Sunday, I started serving because I knew I, you know, at one point I was like, Yo, I, I need to start serving my church. Right. So I said, How am I going to do this? And so they, the, the, I did, it was like clockwork, offering to come to, to serve on the Ministry of Helps and mm-hmm. being an usher. I was like, all right, cool, fine. I could do mm-hmm. youth ministry, you know, <laughs> on my full time, come here on Sundays, be an usher. Right. And it was the first Sunday at the old building. I remember 
this old lady came up to me because I had to hold people back. <laughs> she pointed her fingers in my face. <laughs> she started saying some expletives you that I don't want. <laughs> like she was like dropping f bombs and the whole nine. Being at the door is not easy. <laughs> I looked. She was like, "You better jump. let me in here." I'm like, "Girl, you gonna fight me for God?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> It is almost like you're woke on the ministry at CCC. And I'm like, oh, snap. She wasn't playing around. You Yo, the crazy thing, in. she still comes to church here. <laughs> So I don't even know if she you know, even realizes that it was me. Probably not. <laughs> See, being an usher is not easy. Yo, hands okay? down. But I, I not think, everybody has the grace. <laughs> but, but I think that's where ministry needs to start sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes think it's this high and lofty thing oh, yes. where you're on the stage right. and you do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think ministry is just overall, we're all working in tandem we're here. We're all working together. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, we all have to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every so, part matters. It does. Every part matters. Very much so. Yeah. And that's, I think, where I got kind of got my legs here in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then when we started C3 University, you know, Pastor Jamal uh, Benar, uh, Dr. Benar's son, started the youth ministry here. Right. And he knew I started was working with kids. So when we started, I remember him walking up to me in the lobby. <laughs> I heard you work with kids, Dario. I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> He's like, yo, would you consider working with C3 University? Well. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. And then I was working for Young Life for a long time. And then he asked me to come on board full time. Nice. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I've been youth president at my church for like over a, probably two years now. Awesome. So I know kids yeah. and how they are. Yeah. So if you can't remember, what was the first kind of like shock to your system <laughs> working with kids, whether at CCC or Young Life, where you're just like, wow, so kids are a lot. What was the first like out there experience you had with a with a youth well like with the, with the salvation army at star lake mm-hmm. it was more elementary preschool kids because it was like i think from right. like six to like 12 and so that was just a whole nother dynamic okay i think i was more dad <laughs> <laughs> and uncle and right. i had to be you know preschool teacher mm-hmm. and just everything you know i because i don't know why but they always gave me the toughest, the craziest, <laughs> and the most youngest kids. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, what? And you know, I'm talking like at 2 o'clock in the morning. They're off the rails. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> and so, but then when I started working for Young Life, huh, the reality. So I knew that camp was taking a kid out of their environment and bringing right. them to a place where we can nurture them, get them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but yet let them have fun. But my heart started telling me, you need to go back to the hood, right. go home, mm-hmm. and work with them where they're at. This is good, yeah. And so to be like to be incarnational, that, that's the word I, I kind of started learning, It was mm-hmm. I needed to be incarnational in my youth ministry approach mm. and to be where kids where they're at. This is good. And so I think yeah. part of it was, I think the shock one time when we were coming from a basketball game and out of nowhere, 30, co- you know, I want to say 30, 30 cops, maybe like in five cars just rolled up on us wow and all they started saying they you know get down on your knees and they just started yelling at us and at first i was in shock i was like was this really happening do you know what we're what i'm trying to do like they don't know they don't know in essence we we got on our knees i had to put my hands behind my head uh, and they started frisking all of us so what happened was it was just you know one of our kids happened to look like another kid 
which in that kind of got me so mad. scary. So one of my kids look like another kid. Mm-hmm. So you're saying because he's black and he looks like another black kid, mm-hmm. you're just going to kind of randomly come yeah. up on us. Yeah. And they did that. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, we heard this and that. And they started cursing at me. And I was just like, well, and then I, that's when I learned that, you know, sometimes you just need to be compliant and keep right. your mouth shut right. and let them do what they got to do. Mm-hmm. So that's when ministry I knew was, you know, that's not, I won't say a slap in my face, but it was like, here's reality. Value. Here's reality. And, and I like what that. You deal with. I like that you say that because like you were saying how people can view ministry as this lofty thing where it comes with a little bit of church fame and you're huh. on the pew, on the pulpit. Sunday after Sunday, but where the real work is, is in the community where real people are and where you're meeting them, where the reality is. And I feel like that's what I've wanted to bring awareness to is that ministry really can be anywhere. It's not just within the four walls. Yes. You uh, bringing these kids to and from a basketball game and probably just, you know, speaking life into them in just regular conversations that's still ministry you sticking around with them when all of this went down because you're gonna be like listen i'm not their parent i don't know these people like that you know i'm just their counselor i can call their parent for you but that um is ministry and it happened for you with the salvation army couple that you grew up with just seeing how they treated you they knew you from nowhere and kind of just exemplified christ And so I feel like, you know, that's what I want a lot of people to take away from these interviews is that ministry can really look like anything. Well, I think that's what missions like if you look at just what mission is mission. I think the people think that mission is somebody who's called to go to another place far from where they grew up. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, for so at CCC, we define mission as sharing the knowledge, love and compassion of Christ locally and globally through humanitarian works and evangelism. Nice. And so that right there doesn't say you have to be a minister or Mm -hmm. you have to be an elder or a deacon, but that definition alone just says that we're all on mission. Right. Wherever you're at, you can share the knowledge, love, and compassion Mm -hmm. of Christ through humanitarian works, evangelism, through the jobs that you do, through the the calling that you have, Mm -hmm. whether it's a lawyer or a teacher or even just a, you know a gymnasium instructor, right. whoever it is, you're on mission. It doesn't stop after the Sunday service. You no, know, you're, like you said, you're always on mission. Uh, while you were saying that, what came to mind to ask you is why you why is it that you think that that's been our perception of ministry for so long as the church? The fact that ministry is only left up to the elders and the pastors and the ministers why do you think that's been our perception for so long well i'm not pointing fingers or placing blame at anybody but right. i think missions does start from the pulpit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you know because i think one thing we get from you know my pastor dr bernard is that we're christ in culture mm. so christ in culture is like you bring christ to wherever god has planted you that is good and so we're hearing that constantly mm-hmm. from our leaders that's christ good. in culture that's and good. so if a church hierarchy just strictly demands that you need to be in seminary or you need to have a certain title mm-hmm. to to do the work of ministry, I think, and I'm not getting at nobody. Well, maybe I am. I guess I. <laughs> it's okay. But you know, it <laughs> right. starts with leaders. Mm-hmm. It starts with leaders having an understanding that you know, from laity to even the deacons and we are all on mission we're right. all ministry right and so it starts with leadership you know what is it john maxwell says everything rises and falls 
on leaders. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think some of your young people are here, maybe. We were talking about ministry and the fact that a lot of people think ministry is only something that you do in the church, for the church, at church, and it stops there. For our generation growing up and younger kids, what is a way we can change people's view of what ministry is? How can we show them that it's not just something that you do at church, but it's literally what you do every day in your everyday life? Okay. Introduce yourself, please. (laughs) So my name is Sophia Camuler. I am a sophomore in high school. And I just want to say that this is a great question. Nice. Because I love ministry. Mm -hmm. I minister to my friends on the daily. Nice. There's never one day or one second that I try Mm -hmm. to, like, I'm always talking about God. Right. My father, ever since a young age, he always instituted that, you know, God, he should be in your life daily. It's mm-hmm. not just a Sunday thing. Yeah. You know, you good. should open your Bible for five seconds and then close it, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as uh, Monday hits. So I try with my brothers and I, you know, we try to incorporate God into our daily lives. Yeah. That's good. And even when we step into school, like we are not afraid to talk about that. Okay, yeah, right. I was just ministering today actually mm-hmm. to my friend who was kind of confused about the Bible. So right. I take the stuff that I learned from my parents and here at CCC okay. from Minister Dario, <laughs> Minister Reggie, right. everyone. I formulate it into, you know, the common language between my mm-hmm. parents. Nothing That's too, good. you know. To Bible, churchy, like, exactly King James, <laughs> nothing like that. Just more like more like message know, version. Exactly more like the <laughs> teenager. You know, King James is too hard. Yeah, yeah more like you know yeah. our common language, something that they can get. Mm-hmm. And I try and I make it more of like a conversation. I don't yeah. try and attack my friends for their different beliefs. Right. You know, so. I do incorporate minister ministry on the daily. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's yeah and that's really dope something that's simple you don't understand or you probably don't even know how much you're helping someone by just you know having a conversation it doesn't always have to be a sermon you know but you are still sharing the love of god you know by being there for your friends and being compassionate and still letting god shine through so introduce yourself and hello my name is charlise cox (laughs) i'm a senior in high school Mm-hmm. Um, ministry for me, I don't see it as like a um, like a burden. I see it as an opportunity to step out of your comfort zone. Ooh, that's um, good. Because so I sing on the choir mm-hmm. here at CCC on the youth choir, and we minister every week on Sundays. And I love to sing, so mm-hmm. I think of I like I only think of it as something that I love to do. Like it's some it's not something that you know. Oh, my mom forced me or like, oh, my friend was like, you should do this. It's mm-hmm. something that I chose that I should do. And also, I feel like ministry is misinterpreted because I think of it as like, you know, go to Bible study on Sundays, you know, just mm-hmm. read the word. But it's so much more than that because we learn, yeah. we learn that you can worship God in so many different ways. So you can minister yes. to other people in so many awesome. different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, and like people, like sometimes... Like, I don't understand, like, me personally, as a singer, as a singer in choir, I don't understand how powerful my voice is. Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to sing this song, but it's so much more than that. Like, it's yeah. very important to understand that um, ministry is ministry is a choice where you decide to um, 
acknowledge God in a different way to others. Okay, and I feel Listen like to me. <laughs> I think of it as a it's a way of it's a choice where you're um mm-hmm. you're encouraging others to see God in a different light yeah. because a lot of times like you know people especially people my age mm-hmm. um they think that you know spitting out scripture is just right. gonna like right. like oh I'm a Christian now but it's mm-hmm. kind of like when you sing the song like you sing powerful songs like um wrap me in your arms or you sing something like um like no, no there's nobody nobody like you Lord like there's mm-hmm. only God is the true way then they start to be like, okay, that makes more sense. Because in our generation, we take music. Music is something that is very influential that to is, us. Yeah, that's true. I, oh, I'm sorry. And I feel like, <laughs> and also I feel like if you incorporate it to people in a different way that they would be able to understand, then it will come across in a different way. Because instead right. of like spitting scripture saying, you need to read John, you need to read this. <laughs> instead of like, Scaring you know, people. instead of just like coming to church and listening to a song or like listening to a spoken word piece or watching an interpretive dance it makes it much more understanding yes, like okay like this true. is what this is this is who god is and this is what he's about so awesome and you i love that you said that it makes it more relatable like i can i may not you know really care about all the singing stuff but i really love poetry and you're doing a dope piece and you're putting god into it and now i'm intrigued and now you have my attention and that's what i've always thought about is like how can you get different people's attention about god and with the things of god it doesn't all everyone doesn't learn the same everyone isn't interested in the same things and so that's why ministry can be this fluid thing in this very it could be even creative if we wanted to because what we're really doing is trying to reach all these different people with the same message but in different ways and lastly we have okay <laughs> hi um my name is janiah taylor and i'm a senior in high school hey, um i'm also on the youth choir of Shirley's, and mm-hmm. um i kind of see ministry as this way of like I take it more in a, like a musical and like poetic kind of voice because especially where I go to school, like not a lot of people really are like influenced by that just because of certain things that they've been through or things that they feel like they've been forced into and they don't mm-hmm. feel like they can go back into that kind of way again. And right. I understand that, but I feel like people see Christianity as something that like we as Christians, we're supposed, we are these perfect people. Like we come mm-hmm. to church every Sunday and we sing the songs and we praise God and that stays. Right. And like that kind of just makes us perfect in a way mm-hmm. but what i try to do is like even <clears throat> like i don't like minister like i don't minister out like um like i don't know like when i minister like i do it in like very simple small ways right. as if like maybe if i'll sing like a gospel song in my school talent show or if i'll right. show someone mm-hmm. or i'll teach someone about a story in the bible and how it relates to what they're going through it's really small things and how people mm-hmm. are able to kind of relate to them and it kind of craves them to want more because i do have a lot of um a lot of my friends do have like a lot of mental issues and stuff like that so right. yeah. it's hard for them to try and get out of situations when they feel like they're kind of stuck in one place mm-hmm. but i feel like um god kind of gave me this like god gave me this like thing like i don't know like he gave me this light to shine on onto other people to kind of influence them not to stay stuck in the same place for a really long time because i feel like it's not like it's not good to stay in like a state of like negativity for so long because you you get consumed in it Mm -hmm. so what i think about it is like um I always tell people that like no Christians are perfect like and even when we do make mistakes that doesn't mean that we're not Christians we're just learning from our mistakes and we continue nice, to yeah. grow in our ministry and that's, that's all. Mm-hmm. So 
I like like I love ministry. I've only been a, I've been in a choir for like less than a year now. I love that you guys are saying you love ministry. For me, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, you are not getting me to sing in front of all these people <laughs> to bring the word to preach. For me, growing up, it felt like a chore. It felt like. I'm going to vomit because there's so many people looking at me and it felt like a burden. So I am so excited that you guys are saying you love ministry because you can serve God and enjoy yourself. Right. You know, you don't have to feel like, uh, I don't know if I want to go to church this Sunday. You right. can have fun uh, being a Christian. Um, what I was going to say, I'm sorry, did you have more to say? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> what I was going to say, too, is... Um, ministry too. Um, what I've been thinking about lately is the fact that are you guys familiar with BuzzFeed? Mm-hmm. So you see how BuzzFeed is like this huge multimedia conglomerate. And what is it that they put out? Just like fun, silly videos, right? And who do the, what is their audience? Young people. Why isn't, why can't Christians or why isn't ministry allowed to be that creative you know what i mean like why haven't we thought outside of the box as christians and tried different ways to meet people you know we have so many new people coming up who are techies it's no longer a geeky thing to be called a techie everyone is you know so involved in tech and media should the church try to be creative in how they reach people is it okay to be creative or are we doing too much if we try to go that route this is the last question guys (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i feel like i absolutely i feel like um before i like put through the question i feel like um ministry in like when i was younger it Mm -hmm. was kind of like this big church with like the books and stuff and you know you have to you have to do this Mm -hmm. but i feel like especially when you come here like it's it's a it should be a safe zone where you should be able to express yourself in a different Mm -hmm. way like um like like our step team boots like they don't they don't Mm -hmm. just they what they say is it's more than a step team like it's more than just learning the step and performing it it's like you're actually taking time and you learn a lot about yourself when you do that and i feel like the church should be creative Mm -hmm. because um I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, the old, the way how it was before is not how it is now. Like, these are yeah. different times. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, especially as young Christians, I find it easier when you explain, like, even as young people, like, it's easier to explain things to us in a creative way than saying, okay, these are the facts, right. this is the answer, that's it. It's very important that the church is creative mm-hmm. because you want to if you want to reach people especially young people yeah you can't really expect us to be like okay we're gonna read the bible today and mm-hmm. then tomorrow we might not read it and then the next day you know <laughs> right you want to put it in a way where it's like you know listen to this like sometimes right. like i had a friend um uh two years ago where she was um she was upset about something and i told her i said listen to this song and really listen to the yeah. words and she was just like that really touched my heart like it really yeah it really helped awesome. me feel better mm-hmm. about how I felt. And then that's just not other people. Like, um, like for me, like, every time, whenever, like, I'm having a rough time, after if I'm, like, really, really upset, I just find this song, like, one song that I feel like really speaks to me. Yeah. That's really telling me, like, you know, mm-hmm. this is what God wants you to do. And I feel like, I feel like creativity is something that we as young people, we we embrace mm-hmm. every single day. Like we're creative when we're, you know, like when we're writing pieces at school, we're right. creative. And when we're with our friends, we're creative in our extra. Right. We're creative everywhere else. And sometimes when we come to the church, it's kind of like, mm, I only can go so far. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel like, it, I feel like it should, it should be like, 
go beyond like yes. go above and beyond yes. like just do mm-hmm. just be able to do, I feel like as a young Christian you shouldn't be able to feel like you can hold back like mm. don't hold back That's like good. especially it's not it's not even from like from like you know what minister Dario like well the minister stay here I really feel like it's like don't hold back like mm-hmm. you need to be able to bring people to that place regardless of whatever you want to do if mm-hmm. it's like you know with the drawing if it's with um something you wrote if it's some with something that you um performed like make it make it your own yeah not not like copy what everyone else is doing but make mm-hmm. it to the point where it's like you feel like okay i can reach someone with this right like, i can actually even if it's just a simple you know having a conversation like mm-hmm. don't be all okay well this is how it's gonna, like don't be so form- <laughs> don't be so so formal I, I always, about it say, especially with singing i say don't sing so stiff mm-hmm. don't stiff sing i call it that because <laughs> come, no i need you to come teach some people uh, where no. i'm at <laughs> don't I stiff it, sing I say, don't, especially <laughs> Right. Especially like just don't like just sing from your heart and actually like speak this from your is heart. Good. Like, do yeah. not do not expect because God only wants from us. He doesn't want mm-hmm. us to be like, Okay, God, I'm gonna be this person now and then tomorrow I'm gonna be this different person. Like mm. God wants all of you. And that's something that I feel like I've had to really understand. It's because, right. you know, a lot of times as sometimes like my friends they characterize me as you know the christian girl who does this i'm like yeah i'm a christian i'm not ashamed to be that way but i can also like janai said like i can also do what i love to do i can actually sing songs i Mm -hmm. can you know like dance i can step i can write however whatever i want to write about it's just that being creativity is something that i feel like will really reach young people yeah and i think so too and i i love that you said that you are creative everywhere else your teacher you know encourages you to be creative everybody else encourages you to be creative and sometimes i don't know for you guys but for me when i was growing up when it came to the church it was like you can only do so many things you can do praise dance you can be on the choir you can you know help create a little skit here and there but we are in this great shift where people are just completely just unleashing all their creativities all over the place you know and I feel like we as the church should tap into that because God is the creator you know we serve a creator he created all things and that's within us too anybody else before we move on no Okay. (laughs) I'll just say something real Mm -hmm. quick. So I do believe in the power of youth ministry. Yeah. I do believe that it is the youth who now have the voice for to speak for all generations. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, God, as you said, is the creator and Mm -hmm. God is creative if we just look at nature, we'll see the different Mm -hmm. birds, the different, you know, types of plants and everything. And he gave each and everyone different gifts, Mm -hmm. different talents, different abilities that we can use to, you know, proclaim his love, you know, proclaim his passion that he has for us. That's good. So when you're talking about BuzzFeed and how they appeal to the youth, Mm -hmm. they use it through social media too. Right. So... I do believe that social media does play a really big role mm-hmm. in reaching to the teens, you know, mm-hmm. even all t- all generation, all the yeah. youth. Even, you know, now my 
two-year-old sister. She knows how to use the iPad. You mm-hmm. know, so we're just getting younger and younger at you know the different mediums we can reach our people. That's so true. I believe that if you can use what God give you, mm-hmm. whether it be through dance, whether it be through song, right? You know, whether it even be through poetry, whether it be through even if you're like a technician, whether you create apps or whatever mm-hmm. you do, you know, the the spectrum is endless. It is. Use it what is. God gave yeah. You and then when you use what God gave you, you can find passion behind mm-hmm. it. So like you said before, yes. we don't have to wake up. Come on in the room, Sophia. You know, this is, <laughs> oh, I have to go preach about God now. Like, right. you know, when you put passion in it, that's when you find love. That's when you find, you know, this relentless effort mm-hmm. to continue in doing what you want to do. So I just feel like if anyone just realizes their gift yeah. and taps into that, mm-hmm. and, you know, bring it forth with passion. It would be amazing. You will see that the community will just multiply and multiply and then yeah. those who will you know then we share then we mm-hmm. like then we retweet we repost you know and then okay we would be in force the, exactly the yeah. radical radial effect that uh, like. you better trademark that girl <laughs> thank you so much ladies oh my god this was so fun you guys are really really good we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back Again, this episode is sponsored by Ingrid's Pet Grooming Services. She's known for being very attentive to dogs' needs and makes style recommendations based on the breed and lifestyle of each dog. She provides individual attention to make sure each pup has the best experience possible. For more information, call 917-692-0208. That's 917-692-0208. Ingrid's Pet Grooming Services. Um, so you did mention earlier that you are the director, did I say that right, yeah, of yeah, the youth yeah. department here? Yeah. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm giving you extra titles. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, how did you get your start into that or how did you, you know, make your way to that, um, title? Was it something you always saw yourself doing or it was kind of just like endowed upon you? Like, how was that? Well, I think within C3, what happened was because Passage and Wall, Mm-hmm. You know, started the youth ministry, and uh, and at one point we started a campus out in Long Island, you know, right. CCCLI, and so Pastor Jamal actually transitioned to become the campus pastor mm-hmm. of Christian Cultural Center Long Island, and so on his on his way out, he was like, "All right, Daryl, you got it." <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. What's I got? <laughs> I got what? And it was right. like, "Well, you're gonna take over C three," and I was like, "Oh." Yikes. And and it and it was it was tough, you know. It was good. It was amazing. It's been an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that's one thing you know that we're still in. We're still in transitioning, right? Uh, you know, between and just raising up new leaders. Nice. And so it was kind of given to me, you know, just like out of transition. And uh, like I said, I never see myself right doing this. doing this. I was just cool, just you know, being relational with kids, whether through Young Life mm-hmm. or through the Salvation Army. But to be a minister here, that. That was mind blowing, and mm-hmm. I never saw myself. You know, when we got the day we got ordained here, uh, I was you know just humbled by it, right? Because you know I don't have you know 
as much as I study, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm in the same room. A lot of our ministers and elders got this seminary degree. They're doctors and this and that. <laughs> then right. I just, I'm just B.A. Dario. <laughs> B.A. <laughs> stand up in your truth. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. B.A. stand up. <laughs> I got my bachelor's. Uh, That's fine. And I, you know, and, and I want to go back to school, but right. if I'm honest, you know, me and my wife, you know, celebrate 25 years of being married. Mm-hmm. I awesome. got four kids. Uh, my my oldest daughter <laughs> just graduated from college, nice. and so I still try to pay off those bills. I got two more who are about to graduate from high school. Okay. I'm like, Sally Mae is no not playing. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to ask you real quick was, what was a lesson you learned really quickly um, being in that new position with all these new responsibilities? That ministry is people. Mm. That's good. Uh, and with people, you have both the triumphs and the trials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you have, I think, the greatest litmus test for ministry is how you deal with people. <laughs> that is it, factual. It, it's it's real because you can't do ministry without people. No, <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> and, and that's where you know we gotta you know we gotta demystify this idea of being high and lofty on a stage, mm-hmm. and then you gotta get real with people, that's and true. they come with stuff, good and bad, amazing yes. and, and crazy. Heavy and so stuff if you can't too. deal with people, yeah, you know, I, you know, then you gotta question whether you know this is you can you. do this, yeah. And that's um, that's a really good point to make because, like you're saying, a lot of people thinking are thinking they can just separate the two. Like I can come in and do what I have to do, and I don't have to greet everybody uh, on my way out. No, it, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's needed. Um, two other questions. The second one is, what was a struggle that reared its ugly head really quickly for you? Whether it's like time management, having you know to deal with. Family life and church life, like what was the big struggle for you? Yeah, I think the biggest struggle for me is that you know I, by nature, I, I am a lone ranger, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I think I could do it all on my own. Right. And when I don't see things getting done, I'll start doing it. And I, I over the years, I failed to delegate. Mm. That's my biggest. I think mm-hmm. that's my number one thing is that there are times where I failed to delegate. Right. And then it was, you know it was last year at this time you know I had you know. I was in the hospital. Wow. And I was dealing with some, you know, physical issues. Mm-hmm. And it was all for the simple fact that, Darius, you failed to delegate. Wow. And you were trying to do it all on your own. Goodness, yeah. And, you know, my wife had to get at me. Dr. Bernard got at me. Pastor, uh, like, some like everybody in the whole world was coming at me. <laughs> it was like, yo, Darius, if you continue on this road, right? you know, there might be some like serious physical mm-hmm. stuff. Even my doctor was like, "Wow," because he, you know, my, I've been with my doctor for a long, long time, and he was just like, "Right, stop." <laughs> He's like, "Dario, yeah. stop." And and it was tough because you know your pride gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And That's I, if true. I'm honest with you, I'm, I'm I can be prideful silently, mm-hmm. like I need to do this. I got to take care of this. Right? Oh, they're not doing it the way that I think it can be done. <laughs> Lord, and I start grabbing stuff. Here from people. is my mirror. <laughs> and it's like, like oh, and yeah. I start doing it for them, and then I get people mad at me. <laughs> and so, not doing it right. And I, I, <laughs> I had to I had to apologize right. a whole lot to folk. I mm-hmm. think this this past year, and just like yo. Sorry for being a Lone Ranger. Right. Yeah. Sorry for not delegating and trusting you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's that's definitely real. Um, there was this lady, Chanel Ramsey. She came to her church, and she herself started as a youth minister. Mm. And she was saying, you know, she used to be like that, the doer, the doer, the doer. Mm. And they will have all these big events that they planned. And she would never experience any of it because she's in the back running here, running there. But you have ample people around you to help do the work and yeah a lot of us do fail to delegate because we feel like we can handle it all but what i've been learning is that rest is essential it is it is very essential because your body will start you know failing you and we don't need that um the last question is my favorite question and it is what is it that you love so far about what you do or love the most about what it is that you do what do i love about what i do (laughs) it's about the people that I am honored to serve. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you have to see ministry as service. Right. Uh, it's not people serving you. <laughs> it's <laughs> you serving people. That is true. And I've been in those spaces where I, I've seen people get to a certain place or people are going to come serve me. But the fact that I love, I get to work with this amazing young lady right here. So, and hey, Sophia. <laughs> I get to work with some incredible teenagers right. and young adults. And some awesome people who who we, we, we partner along and we labor and go to mm-hmm. war with every single day with, on, a, on behalf of young people. So it's the people. Right. As yeah. much as I've had heartache with folk, <laughs> <laughs> I've had as much triumphs and, and, and amazing times with folk, too, especially yeah. teenagers. Yeah. You know, I, I love, you know, but I know they need to start stepping up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... So I'm gonna. So youth ministries, are, some youth ministers are probably gonna get mad at what I'm about to say, but I'm just gonna say it. Say it. I think we need to stop being sages, you know, sages on the stage, and being more guides on the sides. Ooh, can we break that down, yeah. please? So a lot of people see youth ministry as a stepping stone to something greater. Ooh, come on now, or because you're on people's bunions, okay? Yeah, or they're they're this sage on the stage yes. who's unto- untouchable. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to be more guides on the side where we walk you along. You are so kids. right. Yeah. So you know that's what I'm. I'm kind of trying. Uh, that's what I'm kind of. My thing has been in mm-hmm. the last years doing this, being a guide on the side. That's really good. Yeah. Because and less a sta- sage on the stage. Mm-hmm. So. There, that is factual. <laughs> People do see this as. Okay, it's just a prerequisite for something greater. Yeah. And what happens a lot is the atten- the intentions aren't genuine. And so while you are doing the work, yes, are you really making sure that these young people are being cultivated as best as they can, are being pushed as far as they can? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. because for you, it's just, yeah. I'm going to do a 30-minute sermon to show you how much I can preach, but when you leave, these young people know I no idea what you just said. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's all for show and ego and all of yeah. that. So yeah. that is a very valid and very truthful point. No, and, and granted, like I think you know, we do need to teach them the word, mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and hopefully they'll tell you that. I hope that's what we try to do on a Sunday <laughs> uh, in, in practical ways, but that's only one part of right. youth ministry. And even like I'll even say this: I think. We've we've failed that as C three to get more parents connected, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm challenged in 2019 
to start reaching out to more parents. Yeah. A lot of times parents and youth ministry can can seem like we're at odds with each other. <laughs> but I think we need to stop that very quickly. Yeah. And need to at least, you know, and tell the parents or grandmothers or whoever they are, single moms, single dads, as you know, that we're working alongside you. I'm yeah. not at odds with you. This is good. But I'm here to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all work together. Yeah. For one goal. So we are wrapping it up. So lastly, what I want from you is any advice for people who are in youth ministry and have a passion for it and not just seeing it as a stepping stone, like we said earlier, but for people who really have a passion for this thing and, you know, like they can get a little bit discouraged because if we're being honest, Youth ministers aren't really the creme de la creme mm. when you go to a church. You're not asking for who's a youth minister. Yeah. Um, but like you stated, it is important work. So what advice do you have for someone in that position? Well, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I come from a very unique situation where I have the full support of my leader. Right. Full support of Dr. Bernard and Pastor Jamal. That's awesome. Uh, but the thing is, when I start, when I was working in my early years of youth ministry, I was working for the Salvation Army. And I was very much guilty of the act of sedition Mm. where I was talking behind my leader's back. Like they did not understand. They don't know anything about what we're trying to do. And I was complaining and they didn't. And then it was funny that same Sunday that I was the the, the Friday I was complaining that Sunday, Dr. Bernard is teaching about sedition. (laughs) (laughs) I often tell my friends that Jesus is petty. He tells on us, okay? He'd be like, oh, you want to be gossiping. He's dealing with this right now. Talk about it. And so it it was the act of sedition and talking Mm -hmm. behind my leader's back like they don't understand. Right. Complaining. And so that that, when I heard that, I, 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 I repented. I went, you know, he did another altar call, Dr. Bernard. I went up, I was like, man, I'm, sed- I'm, I'm, not, I'm that dude. I'm assassinating someone's character. Wow. Because that's what sedition <laughs> is, the art of ass- yeah. assassinating someone's character. Goodness. And I'm complaining to everybody else. And yeah. it's crazy. That Monday, I went to my boss and I said, yo, I need to confess to you something. And I, I, and I said it to him plain as day. And here's what I learned. Sometimes confession is maybe more meant for you than it was for the other that person. person. Yeah. Cause when I confessed to him, it just was kind of like water off the shoulder. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm crying in his office. And I'm like, yo dude, I'm in the Christian brother. You know and what? I'm confessing to you, man. And Falling yo, we, prostrate. Yo, like <laughs> for real. And I'm on my knees. And he's, he's like, like, all right, cool. We have work to do. Get back to work. I'm like, <laughs> and, and I, and I almost got back into it. I wanted to go back to my office, start, Calling people, yo, I just confess he ain't saying nothing. Yo, what's up with this dude? But I didn't. And I was just like, right. all right. And then that's what the Lord was like, I think that was for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and, good for and, the soul. And if they receive it, cool, fine. But right. if they don't, just know I told you what to do. Yeah. And you were obedient. That burden is off of you. So, so yeah. you know, be as much as you can, do your best to communicate with your leaders as mm-hmm. far as what you're doing. Communication is the basis for life. When communication breaks down, that's when things get abnormal. Yeah. And so you Definitely. don't want things to get abnormal mm-hmm. between you and your leaders, but communicate. That's and then true. secondly, for youth ministries, I would just say learn. Mm-hmm. Learn, learn, learn. Uh, yeah. I think there, there, are, there are tons of books out there. Uh, especially when it comes to the urban setting, there's this, there's a ministry called Urban Youth Workers Institute, UYWI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ran by this guy by the name of Larry Acosta. Mm-hmm. He has been doing urban youth work for a minute. 
and he does these dope conferences in Cali. And so you, you, you just hardcore learner, mm-hmm. get as much books as you can. And here's the thing, like, yeah, I, I have, you know, dyslexia. And I find it hard to read, <laughs> but I know that right. I have to read yeah. and I got to work through because, you know, you know, a, a youth ministry guru by the name of Fred Lynch, mm-hmm. he said, you got to be anchored to the rock, but geared to the times. See, you just be out here dropping all these. So these that's one-liners. what we got to do. Yes. Be anchored to the rock, but geared to the times. Goodness gracious. You have definitely left some nuggets here for people to consider awesome. and definitely shed light on the fact that youth ministry should be taken seriously. Very um, it's not something to play with. You are actually cultivating young minds. And, you know, we always think of teachers and how they cultivate young minds and yeah. how they're, you know, teaching people to be in the world and they're the future and all of that. But we are Christians and we have a world, a worldview that we want our young people to carry on. And yeah, yeah. we, we want to, you know, kind of equip them with the things they need to be uh, effective Christians in the world. Like you were talking about, we're always on missions. It's, it doesn't stop after the Sunday morning service. When you go outside, when you go to school, when you go to work, you are still a Christian. You're still representing Christ. And yes. so I feel like when we plant those seeds in our young people, it, it helps with the Christian journey, you know? Um, and so I'm really grateful that you had the time to share your thoughts and your journey with us. Thank you. And before you go, can you just plug yourself? Like where can people find you if they're trying to locate oh. you? <laughs> you can find me at Christian cultural center every <laughs> single day. Uh, man, I, I don't do that. You know, I don't, you know, I'm on Instagram a whole lot. You know, right. I post on D Lariosa. I'm kind of careful, like, who I befriend. <laughs> Do you have an email if they want to reach uh, out? Yeah, D-Lariosa, D-L-A-R-I-O-S-A, right. at cccinfo.org. Nice. And you can email me. You know, I ain't got all the knowledge, but I can share with you what I got. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have enough. <laughs> okay. All right. And we are finally at the end of a great episode. I really hope that something Pastor Lariosa said blessed your life, blessed your heart, um, and you are leaving here with a little bit more wisdom, um, knowledge, and understanding. As usual, you can stay connected with us um, via social media. We are on Facebook at Ministry Decoded Podcast, and we are on Instagram at Ministry Decoded. To hear future past and present episodes, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on our website, ministrydecoded.com. And if you or anyone you know would love to be a guest, send an email to ministrydecoded at gmail.com. And that just about wraps it up. Uh, Once again, thank you guys so much um, for still listening. I am (laughs) amazed that you guys are still out there listening. And I am grateful. Um, Yeah. So with that being said, see you next time.